Hello and welcome <laughs> to Sport on the Spot. My name is Jim Heskin and going clockwise uh, from me up there is Mr. R.A. McGee, Mr. Kevin Tomlinson, and Thack Attack, a.k.a. Nick Thacker. Uh, how's everybody doing? Good. Boy, good. good. Doing. Right. Yes. That Thacker apparently does not understand the concept of marketing himself since he's always trying to throw people off his trail. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, you know, I normally would rely on something as um, esteemed as Story on the Spot to uh, market myself, but I figured um, I could probably go with a pseudonym for for just this once. All right. So I have a couple of surprises today. I'm I made some new graphics, so you might see this come up. Uh oh! <laughs> if there's a, uh, a bad accent coming, I'll throw up a little trigger warning right here. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Kevin, you should like this one. <laughs> I made a uh, the dun 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 graphic. Uh, so if either of those pop up, then you will know why. Okay. So uh, let me just first up say, if you're watching, listening, make sure you visit storyonthespot.live so you can learn more about the show, get to all our websites, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. So what we do on the show is I am going to throw up bleh, a. Um, news article that I'm going to read and then everyone around me will have a chance to pitch me a story idea. But you didn't but tell me that's what we're doing. Yes, that's what we're doing. Oh, man. Also, first, uh, with some hasty math, I calculated last week's from week four and the winner brrr, week four is Mr. Kevin Tomlinson. Yeah. That's yes. it. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned I can't play today. Nick's out. <laughs> Nick's out. Nick removed himself from the uh, live stream once out. he found out he did not win. So. Why would I? Why would I show up if I'm not the winner? <laughs> because I don't if I'm not the number one guy, now you have a chance to redeem yourself this week, Nick. Not sure that's true. Every every mm -hmm. rule I try to invent to make it um, easier for me to win, you guys just don't follow. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, all right, let's go. I'm going to go and put up our first strip here. This is called never ending fish. Uh, when Alexandria Miller of Chicago won a two inch goldfish at a carnival, she assumed he would stay the same size. But since then, Gerald, the goldfish has grown to be 12 inches long and Miller has spent $1,300 upgrading his tanks to accommodate him. And Gerald, the goldfish is not shy about getting his needs met. He does lay around a lot, but it seems when he's bored or hungry, he jumps out of the water and likes to grab the thermometer inside his tank, Miller said. He'll click it against the glass till he's got our attention. But she went on, if I put a smaller fish in there with him, he will eat that fish. So what we've got here is a is a very demandy, a very uh, aggressive goldfish who does not like sharing the attentions of his owners. And uh, likes expensive tanks. Fish Apparently, Alexandria is learning a lot about the circle of life there, too. I guess so. Mm. Well, I throw food in it. It eats the food. <laughs> <laughs> now, be nice. All right. So um, if someone would like to go first, you can. Or if everybody just sits here and stares at each other for a few more seconds, I'll just call. I'll go. I'll, go. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first on the firing line. Can't wait to All steal right. this idea. Yes, yes. You are very good at that, sir. Okay. So I think that we are dealing with a modern day fairy tale, okay? Mm -hmm. And that Gerald the goldfish was actually Gerald the accountant, who is not that good with the ladies, never had a chance to uh, meet anyone that he loved. And uh, 
he went to a carnival and met a nice carny, uh, 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 you know, kind of soothsayer witch type of person. And uh, he said that he wanted someone to to love him for him and not all of his accountant riches. And so she uh, cursed him by making him a goldfish and uh, putting him in a little jar on the midway. Andrea comes by. She wins the game. She wins the goldfish in the little jar, takes him home. But, of course, he's going to keep growing because naturally that's what goldfish do. And, uh, you know, he's just trying to uh, – to get her attention. That's why he's always messing with the thermometer and clicking on the glass. He wants her to understand that I'm here for you. And if you'll just, if you'll just love me, I can turn back into Gerald, the accountant. And uh, the reason why he eats the other fish is because he's afraid of uh, competition. You know, he doesn't know if they're going to be another one waiting for uh, Alexandria's love to turn back. So he snuffs out the competition. So I think we're dealing with a, a, a modern day fairy tale. Wow. Very nice. I like that one a lot. <clears throat> Hey, as an aside, Kevin's going to Kerrville, which is the home of a um, Native American fairy tale. It's very similar to what uh, what BJ is talking about. Like a, it's like a mermaid, a Native American tale. Hmm. She wants to fall in love with the main main guy, and this fish comes along and says, "I'll I'll I'll let you fall in love with him, but he can never see you turn into a mermaid at night or something like mm. that." Cool. Also, as a note to our listeners and watchers, when Nick says BJ, he means RA. You don't know that. <laughs> You don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a man of many names, many <laughs> names. There, look, you guys can't see him. There's a guy right behind my computer named BJ. That I'm just talking to him. Mm. I wasn't talking <laughs> to you. Shut up, All right. <laughs> Kevin or Nick, who would like to go next? I got it. Um, I think I got something. Um, so this, to me, is a um, is a really cool um, version of kind of like a lawnmower man type situation where you got a guy who uh, a scientist who's figured out a way to interface with certain species of animals that he's testing in his laboratory brain to brain in some ways so that he can sort of take over their um, their their involuntary systems right so like um, he can control some certain things about them so he's working on it as sort of like a, a spy type program spy type program where he can get into the interface with the mind of a mouse remotely and kind of drive that mouse around to be able to do some espionage type stuff. Well, he's testing this on goldfish. And uh, what happens is there's some sort of power situation that causes him to get stuck in the interface. He can't get out of the interface. So now he's this goldfish um, and um, the goldfish somehow ends up in, in the carnival and gets sold and all that and ends up in a pond, but he's now a goldfish effectively trying to signal to the humans Hey, I'm not just a goldfish. And in order to prove that to you, I'm going to tap against this thermometer on the side of the <laughs> pool because it's the best thing I can think of. <laughs> also, yeah. I'm going to eat fish, which is it's very strange in the world of um, sea life. But that's what he decided to do was to eat fish to grow. <laughs> so beat right. that, guys. Beat that. All right, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay. the toughest path to you. Can you beat that? Yes, I uh, I believe I can. So I think our uh, our girl Alexandria, right? I think um, she cheaped out just a little, and she took her goldfish. And when she initially got the uh, the bowl, she wanted to have some nice looking, you know, pebbles and gravel in the bottom of it. So she went out uh, to the woods near her home, and she scooped up a big pile of loose stones and gravel 
and she put it in there. It's all sparkly and colorful, and she liked the way it. It almost seemed like it glowed. Uh, and then uh, over time, as the fish starts to grow, she just transfers that same material over to the new tank. You know, maybe even adds a little more from the pile out back, and it just kind of grows and grows and grows. And it turns out, weeks before she uh, she got the fish, a meteor struck the earth and instead of creating an impact crater it shattered into thousands of little pebbles and the radiation from uh, from this uh, stone from space is mutating the fish and causing it to grow and eventually it bursts from its bowl and uh consumes her and everyone around her and uh try, starts making its way to the ocean in a godzilla-like uh march through the city that is pretty good. So, um, hey, if you were watching on Facebook Live, you can throw comments in there. That story was called um, Never Ending Fish. If you want to say who you thought won Never Ending Fish, if your comment is also clever, I'll put it up on the screen. Now we can move on while we're – I'm not going to sit around and wait for that to happen. Jen Caldwell, I'm counting on you. Vote for me. <laughs> you shouldn't count on Jen. I think she's on my team. No, no. Slate starts clean. I don't know if she is or not. I'm just hoping. I need somebody. (laughs) Here we go. Story number two, Godzilla versus TP. During the COVID-19 crisis, some people in Japan have resorted to pilfering toilet paper from public restrooms when the rolls became unavailable in stores. One convenience store worker put the power of the supernatural to work against such thefts. Mink Itachibe, who works at a store in Niigata, hung signs with images of eyes and kanji characters in front of the toilet paper to curse the tempting rolls. I did it as a joke, but it seems to have worked, she told CNN. The symbols imply that if someone steals TP from the store, a hungry monster will hunt them down and gobble them up. People can be quite superstitious in Japan, Itachibe said. While you guys are chewing on that for a second, I'm going to throw no up. accent on this one. Uh, yeah, no, notice uh, I, stayed in, I stayed in. I, I, I practiced it once this morning and it didn't, it didn't feel very, uh, um, <laughs> it didn't, it felt kind of insensitive. So I decided not appropriate, not to but appropriate. Yeah, it felt not appropriate. <laughs> um, so Tara Hanley Stapleton thinks Kevin won round one. Desiree McGee voted for BJ. Well, look at that last name. Nepotism. If that vote counts. <laughs> Could at least try to change your last name on Facebook before you. Uh... Right. <laughs> McGee Shameless. Shameless. <laughs> Shameless, but I love her. Uh, Lisa Badger says KT, but the N went a bit daft. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Christy votes for RA. And I'll just sit here behind all the little names. No one can see. I'm just Googling stuff. You know, don't, don't mind me. <laughs> there you Okay. Um, who who wants to go first this time? Nick, you're going to go? Yeah, All I right. got something. Okay. So um, I think um, we've got uh, – oh, crap. What's the name of the um, – what's the, the the kind of the mafia, the mob, um, the Japanese one? What is that called? The Yakuza. Yakuza, Yakuza yeah. Yakuza, yeah. So this is a, uh, a modern-day pirate story. And the TP is like the black spot. And wherever the uh, the black spot is, the Yakuza knows that there are some people that they're supposed to take out. So what this story is not actually talking about is that uh, this guy, whatever his name, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, Mink, um, is, um, is working with them in order to give them essentially targets. You know, so he's, he's acting as like a modern day hitman. And um, the... The basic the, the way he's found to get um, 
to in, invoke fear in the public's eye is to use sort of a modern day black spot type thing with uh, little eyes and goblins and stuff on toilet paper. So you notice, like he says, the thievery goes down. It's because anyone who does steal that toilet paper ends up dead. Yeah. They end up with uh, no teeth and no no fingertips. Yes. In uh, some lake or river. And poop all over their booty. And poop all over their booty. Because <laughs> they don't have anything to wipe. <laughs> no fingertips, man. It really is a modern day pirate story. It's got booty and everything. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> what do you expect? Come oh, on. Geez. Okay. <laughs> took their fingertips away. That's the naturally. I was like, well, that's actually far more torturous than I would imagine. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I uh, I'll go. I'll go second unless you got something, Kevin. Uh, I got something. It, it, it's only fair. I went last last time. That gives you more time. All right, respect. respect. You good. All right. Thank you. Sir. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. So, all right. I'm thinking. Uh, this is going to be one of those scenarios where somebody decides to just uh, push their luck and flaunt the system. Uh, he's got a, you know, he's, he's at home. He's a single guy. He's running low on toilet paper. He's a little short on cash. What does he care if there's a couple of monsters uh, stuck to the side of this thing? He's going to, he's going to go ahead and grab what he needs for him. Uh, and so he grabs it and he gets home and uh, he, he swabs his poop deck Um and the next morning, he wakes up to, to news stories uh, of a city in chaos. Creatures run amok. There's monsters. There's a monster somewhere. There's monsters everywhere. And he, he, he thinks it's got to be a coincidence. Uh, and then throughout the day, just sort of, the stories just sort of die off. And it's more of a wonder what <clears throat> kind of thing. What, what the hell was that? Uh, and that night, uh, he turns in again. And the next morning, he wakes up. There's more news stories. And it turns out that the curse wasn't that you'll be attacked by monsters, but you'll become the monster. So now he's cursed with the dun-dun-dun, the kutsu curse. The TV, kutsu, is it kutsu? No, it's not kutsu. What is it called? Uh, yeah, the yeah. monsters. Kanji? Oh, the kanji. 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 Kanji Kaiju. TP curse. Kaiji. Yes. Poopzilla. There's, ka there's kanji and kaiju. I think those are two different things. Kaiju. Yeah, Kaiju's, Kaiju's the monster. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All okay. right. Only one more to go. All right. What do you have for us today? Right. So I think that uh, Mink is a, uh, they don't tell her age in this, but I think she's a very old woman. And I think that she grew up in a more rural area and has since, you know, moved into the city. And rural. she was rural. World. And when she was uh, a young girl in her village, uh, that the dot system and the googly eyes were what they put up to protect their valuables from uh, monsters that lived in the forest. So that was like how they would ward their uh, their important valuable things. And so she had always taken that. Uh, it's kind of like you know in in India. They wear the masks on the back of their head when they walk through the forest. So the tigers don't attack them from behind. You know, ostensibly the tigers see the face and think they're being watched so they don't attack people. That's that's a real thing. Mm. Um, 
so they would do that with the eyes in, in, in the rural forest village that she lived in. And that's how they would keep the monsters at bay. And so now that she's moved into the city, uh, you know, she's old and she's a little bit old school. And so uh, that's the only way she knows to protect what's important to her. And since she considers herself a good steward of her workplace, uh, she's trying to keep people from stealing it. So she puts the eyes up, uh, hoping that people will be scared of it uh, the same way she was as a girl, not realizing that the world's kind of passed her by a little bit. And uh, it's a little antiquated at this point. But I think she's just literally trying to scare people uh, by putting the googly eyes at them. So. All right. Very nice. Okay. Our next one. And yeah. Okay. So there is a, a bad accent coming. I'm getting I'm hovering over the button. Oh man. I'm hovering so pressure. This is called fishing for a payday. An innovative jewel thief in Melbourne, Australia was caught on camera using a fishing rod to burgle a Versace necklace from a store window. Burgle's my favorite verb. It's, That's a good word. it's, a very it's good my word. favorite one. Yeah. Pilfer yeah. is That's another good one. Pilfer is another good word for stealing, too. The thief carefully broke a hole in the window to avoid setting off the alarm. Then he spent almost three hours trying to hook the costume jewelry necklace worth about $800. He worked with two different sized fishing rods before finally snagging the necklace. Store owner Stephen Adigrati called the heist outrageous and courageous, although he suspected the thief was unaware that the piece was relatively inexpensive. This particular necklace looks a lot more expensive than what it is. Gold, bright, iconic Medusa head, he explained. Police are still searching for the fisherman. Who? So what we've got here is a guy who is you try thinks that he's super creative, but he's not creative enough to use his brilliant fishing rod plan to steal the most expensive piece of jewelry. He goes for something probably that's closer, probably yeah. that's within reach. Um, instead of reworking his plan to maximize his thievery, who hasn't gone first yet? I don't think I have. Have All I? Right. I don't mm -hmm. think I have. Uh, okay. So I think what we got here is a case of the jokes on the store owner and the police. Uh, this, this relatively inexpensive item of uh, costume jewelry turns out to not be costume jewelry at all and is in fact an ancient artifact cleverly hidden there by the person who initially stole it uh, as a way to, to get it, to sneak it out of the country. Uh, so they've dropped. What do we got going, Nick? <laughs> Nick's got to get no, votes somehow. It's, it's, it's a pseudonym no. of mine. Nick, that's, that's my pen so, name. That's not me. Nick voted for himself in the comments. Uh, that's not, I, you don't know uh, who I'm talking to when I say Nick. You're, just just like you're disrupting the, the beautiful story, guys. Sorry, Sorry Kevin. Please over. continue. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So that's just so a an international thief has stolen this artifact. The only way to get it out of the country was to hide it in among some uh, costume jewelry. It ends up in this store where he's tracked it down. Now he's retrieving it and uh, has used his clever fishing technique to uh, to get it back. And only one cop realizes that there's something fishy about this whole thing and starts pursuing uh, our thief. Otherwise, everyone else was just going to write it off as a big joke. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Kevin? I, think, I mean, sorry. Nick? Yeah. R.A.? I think I got to go second this time. I don't think I, I went last. last yeah, R.A.'s so. up. Yeah. Okay. So I think that we are dealing with uh, some Monty Python level criminal gang initiation. 
All right. I think that there is a uh, a gang in uh, in Melbourne that's not very well thought out of well thought of because they don't really do a very good job. You know what I mean? They're the uh, I don't know, the Arizona Cardinals of the of the gang world. Uh, I don't know who had a bad year this year. But um, the title of this episode is Sorry, Arizona. All the professional sports teams had a bad year this year, BJ. Thanks for reminding us. Nah, that's not true. Somebody won the Super Bowl a few months ago. It's like I, Somebody I can't won the Super fake Bowl. my way through conversations anymore. Did you see the sports in game the other day? It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. How about them? So um, they're definitely like the lower tier. And so uh, there's a guy who wants to be a criminal, and he's gone to all the other criminal organizations trying to get a job. They all know he's kind of uh, not the not the brightest crayon in the box. Mm. So everyone keeps passing him on. We don't even want to use you. We don't even want to use you. So finally, he gets to the dregs of criminal society, and they say, okay, you figure out a way to steal this Medusa head, and you're in. So he plots for days and days and days. That's what they don't tell you, the lag mm. time between when he decides to steal it and when he does steal it. He plots for days and days and days, and the best he can come up with is something that he saw on Looney Tunes, which is use a fishing hook and get it and sneak it out of there. The Acme hook. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so he steals the Medusa head. They get it back. They think they've done a good thing. The gang thinks they're set for life until they watch the news and find out that it's not worth very much. And they're still the losers of the Melbourne uh, criminal trade. So I love the idea that there's a scene in that uh, in that movie or that story where there he and some friends are like I don't know smoking weed or playing cards or something with the TV on the background and then he says wait a second rewind that thirty seconds yes because, uh, <laughs> there's a bug spike wait a second that's it it's Go right back. there <laughs> I love the idea that you immediately jump to it becoming a movie I like that well I'm I'm pretty confident that one day all of these stories are going to be optioned so. for film all so. of these pitches that we're doing. Mine will be a straight like Netflix, uh, Sharknado jewelry thief. Um, hey, they made a lot of Sharknados, man. You know, I'll write a Sharknado. <laughs> I'll write a Sharknado. This I'll write one. Good money, yeah. We should all just write a Sharknado. Wait, I just, I just did, actually, just right now. Like, just, <laughs> just, just wrote one. Um, okay, so here, here's what I got, man. Um, I think what's happening here is our innovative jewel thief was actually hired by a local um, video company to make a commercial – for um, this fishing um, rod and reel company. So this, this fishing company has come out with this new um, ocean uh, fishing um, lure uh, rod and uh, or two of them, I should say, right? A new brand of them. And they've given, they basically, they have this idea that they're going to film a commercial by having um, a jewel thief use the rod and reel so accurately to actually steal something from a jewelry shop and then to make it even like one level better, instead of filming it themselves, they're going to actually just go get the uh, the, the in-store uh, camera feed and use that as the commercial video. So they make sure to set the guy up on top of the roof um, where the camera can see him clearly and see what he's doing clearly. And then he drops his line in there and he's about to pull the jewel out when... And he's explaining everything he's doing about, you know, hey, this new rod and reel is so accurate. Oh, shit. And he drops the microphone that he's wearing into the jewelry shop. And so then for the rest of the half or the rest of the three hour uh, video, 
instead of it being a commercial where he's narrating what he's doing and how accurate this is and look, I'm in and out and I got my, I got my jewelry. He's just trying to fish his microphone back out. So we can't hear anything. And it just looks like he's trying to steal something. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew Nick was going to say it. So I had to throw a dun dun banner. <laughs> well played. Well played. Well played. Um, all right. I think that is everyone. Uh, here's some com- recent comments. Team BJ. Wow. There is even an entire Our team. They brought in ringers, man. That's yeah. not fair. It's a movement, man. It's- We're going to have shirts soon. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell which of us sent out an email and which didn't. <laughs> Mr. Nick Thacker keeps commenting to vote for himself. You know what? We don't need to narrate that, Jim. Okay. We just let it be what it is. All right. People can decide for themselves. They don't need your journalistic uh, inquiry. In- inquiry. Editorializing. Well, I got to keep in mind the, the podcast listeners too, because they can't see what we're doing. All right. This is probably the last one. We're at 25 minutes. So let's make this one a good one. And there would have been an accent for this one. I definitely would have liked to do an accent, but there's no quotes. It's just mm. uh, narration. So this is called the dream come true. All these stories today were from the Shepherd Express. Residents of Setacani, a small village in Italy, were startled when their kitchen and bathroom taps began dispensing red wine rather than water. Mm. Locals quickly identified the wine as Lambrusco Grasporosa, which is produced at a nearby winery, and officials there found a leak that sent wine from a silo into water pipes. Some quick-thinking residents said they bottled as much of the tap wine as they could before the problem was resolved. So one day somebody goes to take a, a, a bath in Setacani and they turn on the tub and then a bunch of very bloody red stuff comes out or uh, um, somebody's about to do the dishes. They hold a cup under there, turn on the faucet and just a bunch of red wine starts coming out. It's probably pretty scary at first because red wine is very bloody. What's the, uh, is that a South Park episode? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Who went first last time? R.A., did you go first last time? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I can go first, though. I, I don't mind. All right. Okay, so I think that we are dealing with, uh, you know, it's a small town and the winery is the, you know, stereotypical you know, rich people that you see in movies, they flaunt their wealth, they drive their uh, their Maseratis around, and the rest of the little people, um, you know, they're not that happy. They're all having a hard time making, uh, making ends meet and, and getting their bills taken care of. And so from the local people, a... Uh, a hero emerges. It's a it's a, a Robin Hood type of vigilante. He's always doing what he can to take from the winery and give it to the populace. So you know he uh, a, he goes. Boozy Robin Hood is what you're saying. Essentially, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if you if you want to distill it down, that's what I'm talking uh, about. So wow. well played. You're a barrel of laughs. Sorry. Thank you, sir. So uh, you know, first he 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 you know he just takes money from him when he cans. Even you know takes food from their from their restaurant and distributes it to the people. Well, you know, eventually the uh, the winery gets wise to this, and so they implement a private security system, and they've got everything locked down really tight. Okay, 
So he decides our boozy, our boozy Robin Hood decides uh, to have one more uh, heist that's going to basically shut down the winery. So he sneaks into their. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. So he sneaks into their silo and he sabotages it. And make sure that it leaks into the water supply so that the uh, the townspeople can get as much booze as they can. The story doesn't tell you the whole truth, which is more than a few people bottled the wine. You know, he had already passed the word around. So they had uh, outside spigots running and taps and, and bass and everything. So they sucked all the booze, boozy Robin Hood. I love it. Sucked all the booze out of the winery and bankrupted them. And uh, the townspeople get to live happily ever after. So very nice. Well, I, I can go second. I I don't want to whine too much about uh, Arya's story, um, but I think well, put a cork in it then. Nobody right. wants to hear oh, it. Hey, all we right. Do is just we should just have like a punny episode where we just <laughs> go off. <laughs> uh, do you think we can grapple with that? Um, I uh, I think what <laughs> Kevin Kevin got it. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, I believe what's going on here is we've got a company sort of like the Franzia of Italian wineries, um, where it's just not really well respected and they haven't been getting any love. And uh, they've got this this scheme cooked like up. Box wine, bro. Huh? What? What'd you say? I missed it. Somebody you don't like box wine, bro? Oh, no, no. I didn't say I didn't like box wine. I said the people in this community. Okay. Of course. Okay. And this All is right. Italia, right? They, right. they don't Respect. like the box wine. Respect. Right? Yeah, yeah, Respect. right. Um, frenzy for the win man um so uh yeah i think i think what what's going on is that this frenzy type company is is really just had enough they're about to go bankrupt and they got one more like last ditch effort plan and the plan is very simple we just go and we drain the tanks of the nearest uh biggest competitor that we've got the lambrusco whatever they're called and uh they try what they don't account for is that um for the last you know 30 years there's been a conspiracy, you no, know, or becomes a conspiracy. No one knew this was going on, but the the big company has actually been selling water back to the water supply, and that's how they've been um, able to make all the money they've been making. And so, instead of draining the tanks into what they think is a drainage tank, a drainage ditch, it's actually just going right back into the water supply, barely being filtered, and then just sending back out into the city's uh, the city's pipes. And so, this whole thing becomes a giant conspiracy that the Franzia company. Um, uncovers while trying to uh, to do something very illegal, and so the main character, the guy who actually is in charge of uncorking the big uh, the big tank at the big facility, is now like kind of the uh, the, the investigator. He's got to stay ahead of the cops because they want to bring him in for damaging infrastructure, and of course the conspiracy is to take down the local government. and uh, And meanwhile, he wants to see what's been going on and try to topple the empire of wine producers. Dun dun dun! Oh man. Mm, yeah. Okay. Know. Well, I'll give you a little. Give you an ending, Jim. If dun, I would have just said, there it is. If I would have just said, and then you know he uncorked it and the rest is history. Then you could have dun 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 it. But I gave you a good ending, so. And then a dragon came out. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> a toilet paper monster with eyes drawn on. <laughs> dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Toilet paper monster. It's Kaji. <laughs> all right mr kevin tomlinson i believe you are taking us home today the very last yes. one on the very last story okay here's what i'm thinking what's it i think that Sorry. the uh the scenario here is that there's a there's a secret order 
And they are trying to perform a ritual, but the ritual requires seven signs. And one of those signs is water turning to wine. Uh, and what's happened is they can't perform the ritual and, and, and proceed to world domination unless all seven of these signs happen in these exact places. So they've decided to uh, speed up the timetable and arrange for the signs to happen. So the wine is one of them, but they've got six others around the globe. Someone discovers this. They discover that this is what's happening. And the, sign, the signs aren't always uh, as uh, benign as water to wine. Some of them are, you know, uh, an entire population being uh, infected by the plague or locusts or something like that, right? So this person's hot on the heels of this secret order, and they manage to track down the head of the order. And once they've got this guy in their sights, uh, there, a battle ensues and um, to stop him from, from uh, whatever the final sign is, which they, he hasn't identified yet, to stop him to stop this order, the good guy has to kill the bad guy. And so he shoots him and the bad guy falls over and his blood spills out on the ground. And uh, the good guy goes home and we've won the day. But as it turns out, the seventh sign was this cult leader, this, this society leader, uh, his blood had to be spilled on that exact spot by a righteous man. So inadvertently, our, our good guy has set off the apocalypse. Is it called the seventh wine? The seventh wine. <laughs> I, really, I like that Kevin went full Dan Brown with it. That was the first. I was like. I was waiting the name of Robert Langdon. I skewed funny in the in the first uh, three, and nobody voted for me. So I'm like, all right, let's get back into my element here. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's uh, it. Could be, you know, you could go with um, kind of a cult thing there, and call it Seven Brines for Seven Brothers. I like that. Seven. There you go. Very nice. That works. Seven right, wines everyone. for seven brothers. Seven wines for seven brothers. I am putting up our respective websites on the screen right there. I wonder if I could do both <laughs> at the same time. Oh, oh my don't goodness! Don't forget to vote. You still got to vote. You still got to vote. vote for me. I mean, it's pretty clear that I think I took that one away. <laughs> Nick, I, I just want you to know I'm going to subtract <laughs> your comments as points instead oh, okay. of those aren't null points. Those, those are negative point. one okay, point negative every point. time you negative points for Kevin. I, I can that's I, I can live with that. Yes, Kevin, that time Lisa says you did not go daft at the end. So that is high praise from from Ms. Lisa Badger there. <laughs> take these banners off so uh make sure you visit story on the spot live where you can watch all the episodes subscribe to the podcast see our websites um also you know maybe you'll learn a thing or two maybe you'll find out that the real friends were the stories we improv along the way mm. all right everyone this has been story on the spot thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you again soon bye Later.